You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Uh, hello, sir. Hello. Um, so for those of you on the interwebs, you're probably saying to yourself, self, this is not live. And you're correct. <laughs> Uh, we both had a conflict tomorrow and I didn't want to miss two days or two weeks in a row. Yeah. So we're recording Friday night, not live, (laughs) but if you look closely, you might see a wild Jordan running around in the chat with you guys. (laughs) Uh, and that should be fun. He's a wild and crazy guy. I was almost thinking we could do that. Um, this is being filmed by a virtual studio audience. Yeah, filmed live (laughs) before a fake audience. Wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. So we're just going to do the regular show. It'll be a lot of fun. But uh, And yeah, feel free to leave us comments, and I'll be chatting with you guys. Um, We missed last week. did. But it was free RPG day, Mm -hmm. uh, which is funny. Um, I I don't know. Free RPG day is really interesting with uh, the, the place that I go. Uh, my local game store, because I, you know, I think all game stores make the majority of their money off of, uh, off of magic cards and Pokemon mm-hmm. cards and Yu-Gi-Oh and things like that. So it makes sense. Uh, but there were people there that were like, like one guy specifically was like, I want to buy more of this Dungeon Crawl Classic stuff. And they were like, okay, I think we have some over here, but all they had was last year's free oh. RPG day stuff. And the guy's like, well, this says free on it, so I don't want to pay for it. And I was like, oh, they don't even have the the books anymore so it was kind of a like why are you participating and then a lot of the free rpg day stuff was they told me i couldn't take more than one and mm-hmm. i was like okay so i took one and then i bought something and they were like oh well if you bought something you can go get like two more and i'm like okay so i went back <laughs> and got two more but it was a weird like like they're hoarding it year after year because there was some free rpg day stuff from like two or three years ago and they just keep mm-hmm. stockpiling it and then bring it back out I don't know how I feel about that. Like, how do you feel about that? Is that weird? Should they get rid of it if or not participate? Like, yeah. See, I went to my game store too after I was done um, on Saturday, and I was going to get there just before they were going to close, and they had their free stuff out too. And when I looked at the RPG section, I think they only had one copy of a DCC book, like they normally would. Like that's yeah. what they normally stock. So. Even though, like you said, they're participating in this, hey, everybody's free stuff and look at this cool product, you wouldn't be able to buy more of it, like you said. So I yeah. didn't think that was weird. So they did yeah, have a buy three, get one mini free deal, which was pretty mm-hmm. good. So uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I wonder. Um, DCC should be more popular. And I think that I, I think if I had a game store, I'd have a few books on the shelf. It's not like I don't think you're going to yeah. lose money too well, much. Well, I know they did. Way. And Last yeah. last year, I think they participated in DCC days and I went mm-hmm. and I was really excited and I got a bunch of stuff and they they gave me the patches that they had and a bunch of other stuff. But the guy was just like, like, this isn't popular, I guess. And I was like, OK, well, I don't know. It's a niche community. But like if you foster yeah. it better, you could help it become popular, <laughs> which is what you would want to do. <laughs> oh, I just lost your your audio. That's weird. As long as it's still working on your side. There you go. Okay. (laughs) So uh, I hit my my mute button. Ah. Um, But no, uh, what I was saying is like, I understand that you buy one book and it's like, okay, he bought a book 
and now we can go play and introduce it to all of his friends. Whereas like a magic tournament is going to bring in a lot more money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you can buy the, you know, the 50, $60 card thing and then they'll be back next week to buy more cards. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's, but it, it just <laughs> makes me sad. I guess uh, it really goes down, goes back to, I want to be independently wealthy and run my like big, awesome yeah. game store where everyone can just play stuff. And I'll, if I sell something, I'm like, Oh, that's cool. If I don't, I'm like, whatever, like whatever. I'm wealthy. I just stay open. It's <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, other, but I had a good time and DM Nathan came down. So we went together and, ah, and cool. he bought some terrain and stuff and it was fun. So prepping for the return of, uh, our fifth edition game that I haven't been to for the last like two months. Mm-hmm. So that was cool, but I'll get to that later. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Upcoming dates are, uh, DCC days is July 16th. Uh, I will be participating yeah. even though might do something online. I'm not sure yet. Uh, but the big fifth edition thing is Radiant Citadel is now this yeah, month, I'm July it. 19th. More and more I see about it. I like yeah, more I, and more. I, saw I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, we'll see We'll see how the adventures are, but I I like the episodicness of it. And I kind of, mm-hmm. I just kind of like, I want to have like a session of D&D. And if somebody misses, it's like, oh, whatever. And then we could like play the next session because they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, you didn't go through that door. It was amazing. So, mm-hmm. uh, and it'll be cool to have a new chunk of lore, like a new. Yeah. Uh, and I say new, not in that it's going to replace Sigil or Sigil, but like a new central hub that you could mysteriously mm-hmm. wander into. And I like out that. on the ethereal yeah. plane. Right. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I'm hoping that it's one of those things that I can use going forward, that it's not just a hub and a bunch of adventures, but actually a fleshed out city. That I could yeah. then run an adventure in the city is kind of what I want. So yes. we'll see. Or just yeah. you could base a campaign and many adventures and many. Yeah. 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 I'd like that. And, and from what I've seen, and we're, we're going to get to it here in a little bit, they've been posting more and more videos from the authors of different pieces mm-hmm. like they've done with the other books. And these ones are really capturing my attention when they talk about them. Like oh, the other ones are pretty good when they talked about them, the yeah. other books and, and the authors that were writing for those, but this one's really grabbing me. Yeah, no, they're, they're just, they, they the people writing seem very passionate about what they wrote. And that's mm-hmm. like a great sell for me where I'm like, Oh yeah, you weren't told to write about this. You were told <laughs> to like do something you want. And it's like, Oh, okay. So yeah. pretty great. Uh, Gen Con is August and we are oh, both going so very excited. excited. Um, so I excited. got some of my Gen Con, uh, tickets in the mail so i don't have to wait in line to get my tickets and i have begun I, to start looking at hotels like a hawk to see if we can get a jump closer, closer one yeah it still may happen oh, okay <laughs> so i and i know we'll be you know con- communicating back and forth and mm-hmm. arranging schedules for wh- whenever you fly in or you got to get back to your airport and stuff but i'm hoping to get us close to the to the center Especially like if we could be across the street or just right there walking That's distance, the it would be so good. That's the dream. Because so like I'm sometimes I need to recharge my batteries yeah. and I just want to go sleep for an hour and then I'll go back and play. But exactly. sleeping for an hour, trying to get like all the way across town to get to your, uh, your I almost yeah. said airport, but to get to your hotel. Yeah. Yeah. But and I feel like excited. there's just a lot of things going on. Even when they shut down like the the event hall where... It's kind of like the vendor hall only stays open till is it five, I think, and then they shut it down. But then all those rooms are filled till about nine o'clock and they're running games and stuff. And, oh, but yeah, then yeah. everybody gets into the hallways because I don't think they ever shut the whole thing down. And people are just hanging out in the hallways at all hours of the night, yeah. you know, doing stuff, games and picking a corner and just rolling, you know, playing card games on the floor or found some chairs. And, you know, so 
I just think it'd be cool if we, if we were that close, we could be walking around and interacting with the group that does stay there much later than what we would do is where we'd be there from five or six. We might go to dinner and then we'd head back to the yeah, hotel. Yeah, because you get dinner and you're like, okay, I'm yeah, tired. Okay. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I need that like battery recharge yeah. nap because I'm, I'm an old man. So that's what no. happens. Uh, very excited for that. And then after that is uh, Spelljammer 5e for yes. August 16th. I'm Two not books in entire- a row I'm buying. Two books in a row. Well, go. a box set, I guess. A book and a well, box yeah, set. Well, yeah, you're going to get yeah. Radiant Citadel and this because you're excited about that. Yeah, that makes for sense. sure. Because I'm going to use Spelljammer in my Radiant Citadel. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for that. It's going to be, I don't know, I want, I don't. I guess I don't want more information, but I was looking at some of the minis that they have mm-hmm. uh, announced, that WizKids has announced for specifically the ships, for like the ship combat. And yes. then I was like, pairing them up with older ships and i'm like okay they're calling this ship something different and i'm gonna make a video on it i've been working on it uh mm-hmm. but lot it's pretty 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 cool i feel like that's a ripe kickstarter for somebody to come in and just start taking all these humanoid races that you would normally kind of bump into in a D game and then figure out well what is their spelljammer ship like what is that version yeah. of a dwarven spelljammer what yeah. is the version of a gnomish spell jammer ship what is the version of a wood elven you know or, or even the more exotic a sun elf yeah moon like, elf or, yeah yeah what's what's a tabaxi co- like <laughs> ship look like you know yeah like, a triton mm-hmm. yeah spell a triton. jamming that would be cool. ship that'd be so good i would love that it'd be uh, the black pearl coming <laughs> up from the ocean it's so, so good so that is August 16th, pending no uh, more delays and delivery failures and stuff. But uh, it's Very true. everybody's, Very true. I mean, I, I hate to just keep saying supply chain, but I guess it really was, everything was interconnected so much that now, yeah. uh, and I, I think of like traffic. Paper, like, right? Yeah. Paper and packaging, I think is what did it because he kicked, every Kickstarter was, it's going to take a little bit longer than normal. It was every product started coming out was going to take a little bit longer than normal. Yeah. Shipping was going to take a little bit longer than normal. And it always seemed to come down to either paper because they had to print on that or paper because they had to package it or, you know, it was like, yeah, it was just like this weird, we need like, I guess lots of trees that are uh, very, you can grow them like in a year. So you can have farms of them and they just keep growing and growing and growing. We can make good paper out of that. And then well, get it's out the of same this thing paper with, shortage. Uh, I mean, I know we're not, talking about shortages and stuff but like lumber yeah. got really expensive too and it's yeah. probably for the same reason you know paper and lumber they're all coming from the same thing so yeah yep pretty crazy um zine quest 4 is going to be this so august on kickstarter, kickstarter. now we yeah. talked about this before um mm-hmm. because specifically zine quest moved from february to august uh and i don't ever really know why like it seemed like everybody hated it, but they moved it for some reason. Hmm. Um, and everyone was just kind of upset about it. And some people participated, but enough people were upset about it that they made a, uh, not zine quest, they called it something else. Um, but they made a whole like other website. And it's like, please do it here. Here are the different ways you can fund. Don't use Kickstarter. And I think a lot of it was with the blockchain technology that they were upset about which I think Kickstarter has backed off on a little, but not fully. Um, I'm also, this is a tangent, but uh, Backerkit is now doing their own funding service 
So you don't, yeah, it's not like use Kickstarter to fund and then use BackerKit to fulfill. BackerKit's going to be an all-in-one place to do all of mm-hmm. it. The pledge manager thing that yeah. you always get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so not not just the pledge manager. They're going to actually mm-hmm. be a crowdfunding site. And I think it's active now. I think you could use BackerKit if you want. Um, and I know itch.io, they also did a, uh, it's not so much a Kickstarter backing thing, but it's usually like if I get to this tier of money, I'll rewrite my game and make it like this and so they have these uh stretch goals kind of in there so if you buy it you know that later on if you convince enough other people to buy it then it will go uh oh he got to ten thousand. well he promised us when he did that he would like rewrite these rules or expand upon it Mm -hmm. and i've noticed that there's a few dms guild creators that are doing that as well (laughs) uh but just in the comment section of the dms guild they're like hey if i sell this many copies that's when i'll like finish these rules and i'm like "Mm, i don't know how i feel about that but on itch.io i think it's awesome i'm like okay that's cool okay so now now i need a tangent question before you move on yeah yeah do you think this idea that kickstarter the main one that we know of but i'm sure some of the other ones do it do you think it's the the step goals that push those numbers higher or do you just think it's the people they just have that big of an audience and that big of an audience is going to buy it, whether they had its one step goal or 50 step goals. That's a hard sell. I don't know because usually I, I don't back because of the stretch goals. Like, Oh, I hope that I'm going to back because I want to see the stretch goal get to here. A hundred thousand. Yeah. It's usually not that, but I do look at Kickstarters and say, Oh, this is funded at, like $100,000, what extra stuff do I get? And then I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Like I I get all this extra stuff because it already reached that level. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, poor Oliver's upset. Maybe maybe that's the way it is then. Maybe I was thinking of it backwards. It's not about here's a goal and that gets you to, to try to get to the goal. It's the campaigns ran for five days. Here's extra stuff you can get. So now if you get in now, you got the original thing, which was cool. But because it's gotten so popular, you got these five things. Yeah. So you want to get in now. Yeah, no. So you're not looking at the step that's coming up. You're exactly. looking at the steps that already happened. Yeah. Maybe that's the philosophy. And maybe it. that's I it. Gotcha. Is like, uh, it feels like a better deal because uh-huh. for the same amount of money, I'm getting all of these extra stuff. Like Mothership was great like that. Like I, yeah. uh, the Mothership campaign was like, I bought the base set and then... They're like, if we reach all this stuff, you'll get an extra campaign. You'll get this. Mm-hmm. You'll get a sticker. You'll get a patch. And so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But I, I do feel like I'm the way you described it the first one. I just know when there's a Kickstarter I want and I'm in. I like it. Just hit the button. It doesn't matter if I'm the first person, the 29th person, or the millionth person. I was like, that's the Kickstarter I want to be a part of. Yeah. I just hit the button and I don't even. Then I find out what I got or what I didn't get or you know what was going yeah. on. I'm just like, and I've heard what? from GI Joe. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> you know, I'm just and like, I, whatever. I've heard from professionals that the first two days and the last two days are your biggest. So oh. the first two days you want to get as much as you can so that yeah. you're floating at that top page. And then the last two days, there is a huge fear of missing out. And that's okay. when you get a lot FOMO. of people who are like, oh, I'll never get this game unless I do it. Like they've been kind of thinking about it all week. Mm-hmm. And then finally they're like, oh, there's enough stretch goals now that I'll, it's worth my while. Maybe that's how they think. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just like, I'm, I'm missing out. Yeah. You um, will never get this fig again. This is a one-time only and, during the Kickstarter. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, I was thinking about that with, uh, 
Colville, actually. This is a good question because Colville's Flea Mortals book, I was like, yeah. I've got so many monster books. I honestly don't care. Like he, I feel like he's making monsters more complicated with that book. Granted, I haven't read it, just the preview. Oh, okay. Um, and it, it okay. might be really good. And in the right hands, it might be really good. But the more I was thinking about it, I'm like, I get lost already with monsters. I just kind of want to know if they hit or miss. Um, that I, I backed it. I, I unbacked it because I was like, ah, I'm done. And then sure enough, like two days before it went out, I'm like, I have to own it. Like everyone's going to be talking about it. Yeah, so then I, so I got good. it again. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm in. I'm all in because I like the idea of uh, more interesting. But he said in his video that they also tried to make it easier to run it. I hope so. So I'm hoping they're thinking about not only do we make the monsters more interesting, but that's not just by complicated big paragraphs of stuff that you have to and try that's to what figure I out saw. in the middle of a game. Like in the but middle of a game, I, I saw that yeah. goblin stat block and I'm like, yeah. that's a goblin? Like, what I do need, I do? I need a <laughs> goblin. I need just like, a, I yeah. don't know. So I thought they were going to be make it. Maybe they were going to bullet point it so it was easier, or they were going to do something. I thought, but I could we'll be see. wrong. They maybe we'll not. See. Yeah. And who knows? I might read we're it, both and in, it's like, so oh, we'll know. <laughs> like it would be interesting to do a book where it's like, here are the base rules, yeah. um, for every monster, mm-hmm. and now that you understand that complicated, these other stat blocks will be a little easier to navigate. You know. Yeah. And I was like, oh, whereas like I feel the monster manual repeats itself so many times in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I've never really done like a deep dive on like monster design, but there you go. <laughs> so. One other good thing about his Kickstarters, just from a personal standpoint, every t-shirt I've gotten from them has been high quality, has not faded. It's been really nice. I've good. been wearing them for like three years. So yeah. that's not, that's not common in trying to buy D and D t-shirts. Sometimes you hit and miss and like after a year of wearing it, the thing's gone and it just turns into a, a colored t-shirt. <laughs> I bought an X-Men shirt for my yeah. play because I was supposed to have nerdy shirts. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I and, liked your sneakers in that picture you took. But yeah. Keep going. <laughs> and my X-Men shirt got all uh, ruined in the dryer. And I was like, uh, this is a terrible shirt. Yeah. I would not pay money on this. Bad Amazon review. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so ZineQuest, that's what we were talking about. They're, they're, yeah. they're in August. Uh, Kickstarter has announced that they... They're like, sorry, and now they're going back to uh, February starting next year. So I don't know why they did this, but they did it. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Whatever. Uh, it's going back there. I think they've already done the damage, and a lot of people are moving to other crowdsources. Uh, although from what I hear from creators, you're not going to be able to... Um, anytime you do something away from Kickstarter, there's people who are just unwilling to register on that website. So yeah, it's like, could, I'm yeah. already registered on Kickstarter. I'm willing to buy it there. But the minute that yeah. you're like, well, you need to go to Itch and make an account. Oh, no, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. Go fund so, me. Or, yeah. I've and been so, hearing about three or four other ones that have been popping up. Yeah. So, yeah. And, so and now BackerKit's kind of the same thing. Um, the mm-hmm. lucky thing about BackerKit is because of Kickstarter, a lot of people Thing already have BackerKit <laughs> uh, things. And they're accounts. already, yeah, accounts. Yeah. And they're already willing to, to go forward with that. So I think that's going to be the big, like, kickstarter rival going forward but we'll Mm -hmm. see well i got in the mail i didn't put it in the notes um did you ever remember we talked about critical core was a fifth edition version that they were making for um accessibility um role playing and so it was like built so that kids and colorblind and they had all kinds of different things in there that had to do with lots of ways to bring in people that wouldn't normally be able to get to play um, Dungeons and Dragons. And it was really geared towards people who work with 
um, you know, at-risk kids or, uh, you know, people with needs of some sort. Mm -hmm. And this was like, okay, we're going to build a box set so they still get to play Dungeons & Dragons game and they still get 5e and we're going to turn it into something that makes it so that, you know, it's not maybe as complicated. It still has that, but it's accessible for a lot more people. Um, But what I liked about that Kickstarter, and I just got mine as a box set, one of the options you could check off was I get one, but then you could also have one and have it sent to a, a center somewhere in the country. Oh, like a school where or they something. could have yeah. it. Yeah, like so it'd be like a school oh, or yep, anything like that. So that was really cool. So when I saw mine come in, I got the thank you note from the place that it went to the second one that I put in because I just checked that and said, cool. "Yeah, let's do this." And I thought, "Oh, that's so cool!" And it's pretty high quality. It was one that took almost, I feel like, two years or two and a half. They took a really yeah. long time on this one, but I did finally get it, so I, I was super happy about it. So I like yeah. that one. I like the idea that you can check a box when you're doing these and say, "For fifteen dollars, we'll send a copy over to the high schools, or we'll send it yep. over to this." kids center or you know i think they should add a few more of those things in if people just want to you know nice easy okay here you go i'll just click this box another 10 bucks out you know and it'll help somebody else that's out there yeah that's super cool very cool what Uh, is this easy d6 though you've got have you heard about this here no okay so (laughs) i've been waiting (laughs) we're gonna talk about easy d6 uh dm scotty he's a youtuber okay and runehammer games which is hank fernell who does, he's got the Runehammer YouTube. He's an old, uh, not old as in his body, but old uh, as in one of those early Spirit. D&D YouTubers, like mm-hmm. uh, with Matt Click and uh, oh, yeah, Nate yeah, yeah. from WASD20 and stuff, like the original people that were making mm-hmm. a lot of these videos. Um, he stopped doing the YouTube stuff kind of as frequently because he started a game company, Runehammer Games, and he's been making games. He made index card RPG, where he wrote and did all of the that. art for it. Uh, very good. Yeah. Very. I, I mean, I've only read it, but it's it's pretty good. They they just it was released on the shelf another, at my uh, yeah bookstore. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The, so Runehammer Games just released a um, like the ultimate edition, I guess. And mm-hmm. with that, it's print on demand at drive through. But he also got like a a professional published book made, and so that's mm-hmm. why you're seeing it at game stores is because they're yeah. they're sending it out. So, I think it was in my picture when I had the G.I. Joe held up and I had the other one. I made sure in the background, because I saw this RPG index card book that I kept, my eyes kept going to. I'm like, that's a really good idea. An RPG built around you're writing things on index cards and you're putting them on the table. And that's maybe building the world or the things that are happening. And you're just constantly creating I thought that was such a cool idea. I was like, maybe I should buy that book, but I got the other ones. <laughs> well, and that's that's not entirely the game. Uh, it might the not idea be. Is that just, you're, yeah, yeah but... I was about to say, I don't want people to get confused. So Index Card RPG is like, your character sheet is on an index card. Like, everything's supposed I to be like really that. precise and, and straightforward. And so, uh, and then, yeah, like, oh, you have a, a plus one sword or something. You give it a cool name. You hand them an index card. That's what's on their inventory and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's um, cool. I like that. And it has a unique system, but we're not talking about that right now. Maybe later we'll talk about it next <laughs> But DM Scotty has been working on this system called uh, Easy D6. And the reason I bring it up is because we talked about Jordan's modular D6 that he's been working on. Uh, albeit, I have not been working on it at all in the past year, really. Um, I did, like four or five play tests and realized I needed to go back to development and, like, mm-hmm. and kind of hammer it out. Uh, he 
it's it's a great game. It's a it, apparently DM Scotty has been refining this and running this D6 system game for the past um uh like 5 or 7 years or something. And so he would go to conventions and like start running it and people would give him feedback and whatever. And uh it's just a really simple fun game that revolves around uh D6s and the idea is is that you're trying to hit a target number like 5 or a 6 in order to succeed. But if you're trained in something, if you're like proficient in it, you get uh, advantage instead of, and then if you're not proficient in it, you get disadvantage. So that's kind of the main, or if you're like, I'm stuck in the mud, well, now you have disadvantage. And he just took that simple mechanic and applied it to your skills rather than uh, being lucky in a situation like 5e kind of does it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know, it, it was, it's really cool. It looks a lot of fun. Uh, Hank Fernell did all of the art for it, so the art's really fun and the cool. The art looks great, yeah. Um, I, I ended up getting a print-on-demand copy because it just seemed really cool. And reading through the whole thing, I'm like, dang you, DM Scotty, this is a lot of this is what I was trying to do with Modular D6, but I didn't quite have the tools figured out in my head. And mm -hmm. as I'm reading this, he has uh, the, the Game Master doesn't roll any dice, which is what I wanted. And monsters wow. have, um, like a two hit and then to be hit by number and it's usually the same so if it's like oh i have like a level three monster you're like well he's got so many hit points um but in order to dodge his attack you have to roll a three or higher in order to hit him you have to roll a three or higher and he did that he just made it very simple very mm -hmm. straightforward uh and something else i think you'll really like about this book is that there are no uh spell slots Every spell mm -hmm. is something you come up with on your own in the moment. You kind of have a negotiation with the, the dungeon master, which he calls it something weird. I forget, but it's the dungeon master. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the dungeon master sets a difficulty between one and six. And then you have to hit that with your magic dice. Uh, and it's a really cool risk reward. And there's a spell burn mechanic. So you could take damage to, to bump up your, your uh, spell to ensure that it succeeds. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it looks really fun. I would like to try it out and see what mechanics I enjoy, and then I kind of want to uh, manipulate it further for my modular D6. We it, need to bring yeah. this to Gen Con then, maybe. Oh, I can do Yeah, I'll totally bring it to Gen Con. God, yeah. that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it's great. That, you know, that was one of the cool features of Cypher System that I was really impressed with was the idea that the GM got to sit back and when a creature wanted to hit you as a GM, you just said you have to dodge what's happening. Yeah. So the players rolling, the players have the dice. And then, you know, I can sit back and do my notes and then they're like, oh, I want to hit this thing. Oh, well, you got to beat this number. And I'm just writing down, you know, I have my things, yep. I have my stuff. I don't have to have dice all over. I don't I have like to roll rolling seven dice. Yeah. different creatures. Yeah. Like the players are doing it and they're rolling dice all over the place and they get all that action. And I think it keeps them involved even when it's not their turn because the dice are rolling their dice are rolling their friends die, you know i just thought it was a cool concept that, and, this and i don't is know very if Ronnie invented that but it was yeah, cool yeah. when i saw it you know no no and and i think uh for me personally numenera was the first time i i was exposed to a system that does that yeah like the idea of like wait what like you set a difficulty <laughs> and you're trying to hit it but like the yeah. monsters could also be a difficulty and you're trying mm -hmm. to hit that monster like or the monster's trying to hit you and you're trying to dodge it. Like, it's such a simple idea, but it drastically changes the game. And I yeah. agree. Like, the players are more invested because they're like, wait, I'm being hit? Ah, and, you know, and all of a sudden they're mm -hmm. refocused as opposed to 
well, now it's my turn. I've got seven monsters. I've got to roll a bunch of dice for. Oh, you got hit. You got hit. Does an 18 yeah. hit? And know? I feel like you so. can stay focused on narrative and you can stay focused on what you want to spring on them next. Mm-hmm. You're not focused on counting my dice up. You're not yeah. focused on your math. When I'm not focused on bonuses. I'm not focused on yeah. anything. <laughs> the player knows their bonuses. I just yeah. know that this is like a yeah. level 15 monster and you have to roll a 15 or higher, you know, kind of. Yeah. Thing. Such a good idea. So. I'm glad that that was something you were thinking about putting into your game. And it's awesome that they've already yeah. had it in this easy D6 game. Um, so so cool. it, you know, the title is really good. It's easy. It's nothing mm-hmm. but D6s. I think they say you'll never need more than like five or six to play. Um, cool. Like you'll never roll more than like five or six D6, but uh, mm-hmm. it's a really cool idea. There's no leveling mechanic. And I think that's my one flaw with it um, mm-hmm. because I like to level. I like to like, what do we, what do I get we progression? And yeah, he yeah. says, like, well, you can progress by, like, getting a castle or, like, a companion or something. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. but, like, I like new abilities. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And it's hard with a, a D6 system like this because you can't add a lot of plus one bonuses. Like, the minute you do yeah. that, a lot of this breaks down. Um, yeah. But, man, for conventions, like, this seems like so much fun. Like, take any yeah, adventure. It sounds fun. You could create a, a character really quick. So uh, I'll put a link down below. Um, to, Art looks great, uh, too. I should have said this earlier, but I'll put an affiliate link if you guys want it. It's mm-hmm. I, I highly recommend it, and I plan on doing a Jocular Junction video on it at some point. Uh, Lex and I recorded like two videos. I was just going to say, Lex was blabbing yeah. about you guys putting some videos out. He was, was just like, really oh, excited and wanted to record, so <laughs> we recorded two videos last night, and then I was like, well, I've got a lot to edit, so basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Very cool. So I, I saw uh, YouTube... Uh, specifically Dungeons and Dragons, Wizards of the Coast YouTube, they're doing a lot of videos. It kind of makes mm-hmm. sense because Stranger Things and Vecna, and they're focusing on things like that. And these but, ones kind of tie into Radiant Citadel. Well, that's what I was, too. I wanted to yeah. ask. Like, are they? Like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, they do. So. Some of these, like, especially the Feywild of the Far Realm, that's one of the adventures from the Radiant Citadel. Oh, okay. And the author who talks about it is, she's her and her family are from Venezuela and she got to use a lot of the folklore and things that are really cool from, you know, the Amazon forest and and that area of the world and, and put it into this adventure. And she, so she wanted that, but she said, I want that little piece of like Venezuela in my little corner of the Feywild. Cause that was the thing that really drew her to, you know, they kind of seem very similar. If you were, if you ever thought, where's the Feywild on our planet? That's probably a good place to look for oh, it would be okay. the Amazon, right? And so she really was super excited about explaining, you know, this area. So the one that uh, I had had watched was Feywild of the Far Realm. But then even, you know, Ken, Kendrick is really um, doing a lot of, you know, the Shadowfell. They were talking about how it used to be the Plane of Darkness, but they call it the Shadowfell and how it's kind of evolved and yeah. how it's kind of different than if you're playing a, a, a Curse of Strahd game. It can be similar, but it is def- It can also be very different yeah. and, you know, darker themes, um, you know, and it was just like this. I thought, oh, this is really cool how Chris Perkins was describing it. And again, uh, some of these kind of tie into one Stranger Things, which is happening now, and some of them are tying in or they, they make the link to um, the Radiant Citadel book that's coming out, too. So because in that you're in you know the ethereal plane but you're able to go to other planes mm-hmm. and that's what the whole book is about these adventures that allow you to go to those places so i thought it was cool they talk about mind flayers and they talk about the demogorgon yeah and they talk about you know sh- these what 
that list right there, I mean, come on, that's a list we love right there. Shadowfell, Mind Flayers, Demogorgon. You get come to listen on. to Chris Perkins talk about stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Specifically, the Shadowfell video, he was like, well, we just, I, he's like, he worked on uh, creating the Gloomrot Shadowfells. Yeah. And that is one of my favorite fourth edition supplements. Yeah. Uh, it is so useful, even from mm -hmm. a um, fifth edition standpoint. I, I love it. I used it a whole bunch when I was running that Shadowfell game. Um, and just the like oppression that your players feel because they're just in this mm -hmm. weird, negative, like hopeless energy plane kind of a thing. So yeah. I was excited because I, I don't I don't think I put it together that he either like wrote or, or was the lead designer on that. But I was like, oh, it's mm -hmm. probably why I like it so much because I just like Chris Perkins stuff. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is very cool. And I, I that's one of my favorite other realms of the ones that you could pick from that, you know, are are within the the D and D sphere. That's one I always kind of just lean into. I, I would love a whole book on Shadowfell. I would love a big compendium. I would love a big adventure set there. We've gotten a few where your, your adventure might go there or might touch on it, but we haven't had like a, a full dedicated, like they used to do with like the planes books or something, just like a full dedicated one. Yeah. Not for that. fifth edition, obviously, but yeah. Uh, although I feel like, yeah, maybe could, some of the other editions. I feel like you sure. could take, well, fourth edition had gloom rot, which was like everything mm -hmm. shadow fell. And then here's a very detailed sandbox city you can play in, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, which is why I liked it so much. Uh, but pre-fourth edition it was the negative energy plane and it was just this like dark mirror of the world it wasn't until they created it the shadow fell and actually called it that and stuff yeah um but uh speaking of that i was gonna ask you because uh stranger things dropped last night so clearly at midnight you started watching i assume or <laughs> clearly this whole weekend i am binge watching all episodes and i might start from number one to go Ooh, all the way through. and i've already watched them three times before so i might watch them the fourth time to get into the next season and then watch both parts of the season that might be my holiday weekend i started uh, i watched episode eight and nine are the last two to come out and i watched mm -hmm. eight today uh during my lunch break i was like oh i gotta watch it because I, mm -hmm. I i have been like the hype has been real i guess netflix servers yeah. crashed when it came out oh because God. all these people were like i gotta watch it now mm -hmm. um and then i started nine but it's two and a half hours long and i was like Ooh. okay this is a movie i'm watching it after i record with lucian so <laughs> once oliver goes to bed i'm gonna watch yes. i'm gonna watch this so yes. um but these are these are fun interesting videos i like that they're, uh, you know, they stopped doing lore you should know. I don't know if yeah. if Greg Tito's just kind of not doing content anymore in that regard. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure he's still working at Wizards. Um, Where did I see him? This lately? was, Todd Kenrick is the new, Todd, like, yeah, yeah. Greg Tito in the sense of, uh, he's not doing Twitch so much, but like the production content for YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I've missed stuff like this. Where it's like, I'm just going to talk to Chris about like mm -hmm. random pieces of lore or monsters and like how has it changed through the editions and stuff. So they've mm -hmm. been really fun videos to watch. But. Yeah. And, and I liked how they tied it a little bit where Chris was saying, you know, yes, they, they talk about a mind flayer. They may talk about a Demogorgon in the show. But even Chris was saying, I'm so glad that they they made it like it was a Dungeon Master's own Demogorgon or is this Dungeon Master's mind flavor. Uh -huh. So they had their own flavor, just like a DM might put their own flavor on their version, even though we might know of the 5e stat block version. We might know of the 4e version. We yeah. might know of the 1e version, you know. And, and I thought that's that's a cool way to make sure everybody knows you can have these creatures, but you still can put twists and turns on them and you can, 
you can change them or massage them enough that so it fits in what you want to do in your game and it still works out. You know, your upside down could still, it's shadow fell, but you just call it the upside down or you yeah. call it the, you know, the mirror world or you call it negative plane or you know, yeah. whatever it is. And it does this cool stuff. So I did like how they tie that together. And it's great to listen to Chris talk about because he always talks about the history. He always talks about like his enthusiasm for that thing. And then, what he got to do when working on it. So you get like the whole kind of gambit of what was it before and why he liked it. And then, you know, what did he get to do when he got the chance? I just love that kind of storytelling. So, yeah, it's very cool. cool. Good, good videos. All four of them are out there on um, their, their YouTube channel started to show some more of these now because they've been doing a lot of live plays every yeah. now and then talking to authors of those that yeah, are doing legends of the a lot of anthology. They've been pushing yeah. that really hard. And uh, yeah, so a lot of those live plays are floating out there, but uh, these yeah. are good. These are really good. But I like these videos. These are my favorites for sure. Are we ready for a Paizo update? Yeah, let's talk about Where's Paizo. Where's my Paizo fans? Whoa. <laughs> they're, they're in chat, hopefully. Fans. Hopefully. Put Raise them the hands roof. up, Paizo. <laughs> I should make a Paizo emoji that yes. we could like use. And then people could, sure. oh, Paizo. Because I got a DCC emoji, <laughs> the beer style. Yeah. Get a Paizo emoji. Exactly. Or a Pathfinder. Um, so what would you prefer? Pathfinder or Paizo emoji? I think Paizo because they've got enough couple of cool product. We talk about Starfinder. Starf we yeah, talk yeah. about Pathfinder. Okay. Yeah, we get Paizo. That's cool. That's cool. What's happening in so, Paizo? So they announced uh, the next books, next adventure path that we're going to be looking at. Blood Lords sounded super cool. An adventure path in what they call their Land of Gab. And I don't know a ton about this, but if only I knew a lore channel that could devote their lore skills into YouTube videos that would tell me all about the lands yeah, of Pathfinder. Yeah, that's what I need Pathfinder. to do. I need to start a, if a fourth channel. If only I knew channel. somebody. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> if I, I only knew somebody. I this think one there are cool. some lore channels for Pathfinder, actually. Oh, there you has to be. should go look out there, yeah. There has to be, yeah, yeah. No, but I want Jordan. You want Jordan. <laughs> he does it so good. I want Jordan. His voice okay. is just like, mm, <laughs> yeah. it's like. That it's guy, like, he gets me. Great. He gets me right a, here. Nice. It's like honey on my ears. Yeah. So this is the land of Geb, and what I've learned of this is this sounds like the land of the dead. So this is the place where sentient undead, non-sentient undead, just if you could think of a whole world, continent, country, or whatever. Ties back of, in with your and book it's of the all dead, undead like, yeah. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And that the um it's all here in Geb. And the Blood Lords rule Geb, apparently. So I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. And so the adventure path starts you out a one through six adventure path, really diving into this Blood Lords and easily helps you bring in all of your um, Book of the Dead kind of stuff that they've just released and talked about. So I thought that was really cool. They do have like a, a player's guide that, you know, talks about creating That's characters free. in Geb. I'm looking and at it right now. This and, is cool. Yeah. All kinds of cool stuff. And there's a GM's. They're like, if you want to know more about it from a GM standpoint, then pick up the very first adventure that's out there, which is Zombie Feast is the name of it. And that's number one of the sixth adventure path. And this is the one area. I know I've said it before, but I'm going to keep bringing it up. I am impressed with the way they create an adventure path. They give you five to six and they just keep rolling them out. Like in some ways, um, Wizards of the Coast does a one-off book and you really almost never get back to it, right? You never, you kind of, it does, you get Storm King's Thunder and it's a, it's its book, it's big, but then you're kind of done with it and you're moving along to these other things. It's not like, 
here's Storm King Thunder 1 and here's Storm King's Thunder 2 and 5 and 7, you know. So I was just like, this is an interesting way of doing all these adventure paths that you could just go one through six and you could have your whole year planned out of role playing for your for your group. And campaign, yeah, and which I, I wonder if it cool. makes more sense to release. Fi- I don't know. I'm wondering, like, financially, if it makes more sense to release it all in one book or sure. to release it like part by part. Uh, probably from a writing standpoint, it's like we can all focus on this like 40 page adventure. And then mm-hmm. while people are playing that, you can focus on the next 40 page adventure to get the entire game out, you know, uh, yeah, or that story idea. that you want to tell um, as opposed to let's get the whole book out. But that's how modules used to be. And then you would be like, oh, I want to play this level seven module. And you'd see that it's actually part three of four. And you're like, oh, what happened before? I better go pick <laughs> up the other two. Like, that's how I would think. But. So I kind of like this, but I miss how I miss old modules like that. But and again, yeah, that's and, DM's Guild. That's where they're pushing yeah. that those kind of creators. So and you would get a little bit of this, like if you bought Dungeon Magazine or if you bought Dragon Magazine yeah. back in the day, they'd put up a few page adventure in there, and it might be one of a series of six that you could do, and you could Which do you the ran, one, or you could do them all. Yeah, you ran a Dragon yeah. Plus adventure, so they're still kind of doing that every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Um, and I just, yeah, so I just, I really think it's interesting because it, I feel like it's a piece that sets them apart from Wizards a little bit. So oh, I think yeah. that's super cool. And it had Kenku art on the front. Yeah. Cover, so you get me. If you got Kenku dressed up in some cool, you know, suit or armor. Oh, or I got to tell you outfit, this. So, it's so good. <laughs> I just finished recording a review of the Doomed Forgotten Realms Gazetteer. Um, and the the ruler of Candlekeep, which is the big library uh, yeah. in this doomed forgotten realms is a Kenku lich named Tome. And I just oh. thought that was the coolest thing in the world. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, my mind is racing with the possibilities of a Kenku lich named Tome that runs a yeah. library. So anyway, back to, back to Pisces. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's how you get a good hook, you know, a good character, oh, yeah. a good concept and you got a good hook. So I really love that. Then the other thing that I did uh, notice that they started talking about upcoming soon. So we'll see more about it. The dark archive. So this is like all stuff, supernatural and all stuff, you know, paranormal. And oh, I thought, okay. Oh, that's going to be kind of cool. What, what is the paranormal like in this type of world? And this book is really going to dive into that with the dark archive. So I'm sure it'll have backgrounds and, in archetypes and all the things that come with, you know, building Pathfinder characters and building, you know, okay. um, psychic all stuff. stuff. So, yeah. yeah, I believe like this is kind of like their psychic piece coming in. Um, so that looked really cool to me that right now the um, drift crisis is still going with Starfinder. And I think that looks really cool, but all in all, um, you know, I think Pathfinder still pulling stuff out. I don't know if we'll see more stuff for, um, Gen Con or not, if there's going to be some big announcements there, or if they've kind of gotten through all their announcements now, and it's just like, you'll go and see all these things that they've already talked about. Oh, we'll yeah. see. Maybe they'll surprise us. And then the last thing I, I saw, I got, there was a Adam, he had posted a day or so ago on Twitter that, hey, we're going to do an announcement. Um, come join us. And I was out where I couldn't join Adam him. Bra- like, oh. Bradford or whatever, right? Yeah, Adam Bradford. Old d Beyond guy. <laughs> I always think his his Twitter name's like Bad Eye Adam, I think, or something. It's always like the mm-hmm. or, and they announced the now I think we knew this. Vampire the Masquerades was getting its own Nexus on their, you know, the, the Nexus website, which um creates these portals for you to play these different games, very similar to, you know, D D Beyond. 
And but what I think was new is that when you go to the page, there's stuff there now. It actually most of it's there. I think there I thought I saw like some rules were there. I saw the clans were there. They had a bunch of stuff written up already. They okay. were saying that the character generator or the character archive piece where you'd be able to create characters and keep them, the vault mm-hmm. kind of thing, would be coming this year, 2022. So, you know, we've got a few months at least. So maybe we're going to see that, you know, towards third quarter, fourth quarter of 2022. And we'll be able to create um, Vampire the Masquerade characters. But the other ones are still in there because it was like, you know, um, Free Leagues is coming still. The Marvel one is out there now. Um, we're still waiting. They've got most of the rules and everything for the Pathfinder one. I'm still waiting for the character builder. I'm guessing it's all coming kind of at once. So I'm getting excited about these yeah. pages are getting updated and they're getting closer and closer to really unveiling them. And I think when they do, there's going to be a nice big bump in popularity for Pathfinder and Starfinder, I think, in these because the Nexus could really drive people i think to check it out it's gonna be easier to check out than it ever has been before the rules are gonna be more accessible than they ever have been before and i think more people will take a look at it so i'm excited i think it's a good good times for paizo right now they're doing a great job over there something uh we didn't talk about that i forgot until just now because we're talking about uh virtual tabletops is that uh roll 20 partnered with the dms guild and so you'll be able to make dms guild like the whole adventure or your mm-hmm. uh, class or whatever you made, you could convert it to DMs Guild like path or ability, and then people could mm-hmm. download it and put it on there. And that's huge because I think a lot of those, uh, I was thinking of like exploring Eberron. I've been reading a lot of Eberron stuff and exploring Eberron is Keith Baker's uh, DMs Guild supplement it has some really cool uh, alternate races. Like the Knoll is in there and some other stuff, mm-hmm. but I can't use it in D and D beyond. Well, with this partnership, hypothetically, they could put it into uh, Roll20. And I was like, well, that would be an excuse for me to use Roll20. Because Mm -hmm. if it has the extra classes that I want, makes me wonder if D&D Beyond's going to do that. Or if they're going to be like, no, we're pure. I don't know. Yeah. And I have been seeing a lot of the Kickstarters for these new RPGs. They're usually partnering or picking their kind of chosen VTT that they're going to work with. Whether it's Roll20 or Foundry or Fantasy or it's or just maps like dungeon crawl classics yeah. has been doing this where it's like you could here's the the virtual tabletop and i yeah. bought one but all it was was like tokens and maps it's not a character generator or anything yeah uh, and i hope that the the uh roll 21 is not that i mean at the very least it would be cool to have maps to import don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but i really want like here's how here's the class here's how it works here's the math yeah. behind it so you don't have to figure yeah. it out kind of a thing. I, I i really want i was tr- going to try to teach myself how to be a character sheet designer for roll 20 because i was so fascinated i thought that would be such a fun job in my mind maybe not anybody else would think <laughs> this but like i would be able to take the character sheet how it's written and worked out, but then in the background, and hopefully it wasn't too hard to learn programming wise that you could say, okay, so if they put a, a 14 here, they get a plus one here, yeah. you know, and I could just easily make manipulate and make that happen. And then I could just build all these different character sheets that work for all these different games. And I could have fun just doing all the math minutia and, and pointing things around. I just, I think their tool set is a little bit above me, but I know as we get, um, more and more technologically, all the tools are getting easier and easier and easier to use for anybody just to pick a tool up and say, 
I, I couldn't program before, but now look at what I can do in Unreal 5 because I just drag this line to this line and these things happen. You I was know? about to say, <laughs> like, oh. how, how soon are we going to get a visual interface where people can be like, okay, my... Uh, like it'll probably be like you log in to and it. say well no you'll log in mm -hmm. and it'll say hey uh he, let's make the character sheet for your game and you're like okay yes. well i roll a d20 and then this and you probably mm -hmm. just like link things together and i, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the yeah i like that idea of object-based things and then you're dragging connections to them and then maybe you're putting in a little math formula but that's all you have to do you don't have to do any of the other right well i've got to put a parenthesis here and a semicolon and then you know this code and that means you know get value i don't have to know any of that stuff i just you just drag pictures around and connect them and you're good to go so i'm hoping we're getting there soon because i'd love to just design character sheets for games that come out that'd be that'd be fun for me. <laughs> i don't know why but and i don't think everybody would like it but i would love it that's cool so that uh, is our news for Paizo. Yeah. So uh, I actually played some games. I You played some games. Let's hear what's going on with this a game. This, uh, this Dungeon of the Mad Mage. <laughs> we, spoilers alert, are sieging a fortress of drow. This game is built for what you want to run. I it's, don't know how you're dragging. not running these levels because uh, this is so drow heavy. Well, I it's think insane. we talked about it. My The people that I was playing with were like, we don't want to yeah. play your drow game. And I'm like, oh. that is so crazy. This but is so good. I understand. Uh, but we want to do a Patreon game, which we're going to try and get going. So, Yeah. What was really cool about this, and then I know you've got some really cool stuff I want to hear about, um, is that the first time we got there, we didn't know how populated it was or what was going on because it, it, we couldn't tell a lot. So uh -huh. we got into a small fight that led to a much bigger fight that kept expanding to the point where people started dying in the party and we had to retreat. We had to use every ability we could, grab unconscious dead bodies on the ground and book out. And that's been pretty rare for our murder hobo team. That's rare for who's fifth usually, edition, like, yeah, yeah. Who's usually, you know, beating everybody. We got our butts beat. But just like D, you know, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition shows you, once you go back, you prep up and you load your buff spells and you, you're like, okay, I'm casting this, this, and this, and we're going to do this. Then we went in and now it's like almost right back to a cakewalk because we like came in like gangbusters. And we're like, <laughs> now we know what's going on. Boom, boom, boom. Stuff's happening all over the place. But it's been really cool because there were some high level wizards in there and they were throwing some really crazy spells at us and stuff was happening and, and people were using tactics we'd never used before. We were using potions. We were pulling every trick out of the book to try to win this fight because for the, I feel like we were really being pushed to our limits. So we had to start getting a lot more creative. And I think that's always fun when your character has to think outside the box than it normally does. So that's what has been really fun. So we're attacking a fortress of drow and, uh, yeah. and Oh, there's some type of giant mechanical spider <gasps> that has four like wild, drow wild around it and they somehow control it but we haven't fought it yet it's coming up it's going to be a fun episode i think so if you want to watch that that's on tuesday nights <laughs> come check that on out on danimal's channel yeah for sure or so, are you yeah you is it on your yeah, channel danimal's, danimal's channel danimal's, okay yeah, yeah danimal's, and i usually will host his sometimes um but it's always on his channel for sure that's so, cool. but i want to hear about jordan's games because he's got a specific one that is my absolute favorite fantasy book of all time. Oh, yeah. I've been waiting to hear about this. But yeah, well, okay, yeah. So <laughs> Start uh, wherever you want. <laughs> first of all, I I did a Vecna one-shot. So yes, Ted from Ted, Ted Nerd Immersion Ted, he messaged me on, 
I want to think it was like Thursday of last week. And I was going to talk about it last week on the show, but then we didn't have mm-hmm. a show. But uh, he was like, hey, do you want to play that Vecna one shot, that level 21? And I'm like, yes, I haven't played D&D in so long. I will play. Yes, 100 percent. So he got uh, a bunch of really cool people together. Mm-hmm. And this is all on his YouTube channel. Plus, he did an hour like hour long deep dive into the adventure, which, which is weird. I watched that, too. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> OK, um, it's not the world's greatest adventure, but like I've never played a level 21 shot like this was fun. So I was thinking, like, do I make a character like what do I do? And I wanted to play something I was somewhat familiar with. So I decided to take one of my favorite characters, which is Espen Flame Drake from my Acquisitions Incorporated game. Mm-hmm. And I just leveled him all the way from uh, 10 to 20. And I was like, okay, we're going to play Espen. Because I sort of know his abilities. And like, I'll, I'll, I won't be confused. Like, how does a sorcerer work? Like, I'll be like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Um, and I had so much fun. And I, I, I just burned everything alive. Because he's all <laughs> yes. focused on fire and dragon yeah. spells and stuff. And uh, what our saving grace was is uh, we got into the one shot and went up a bunch of rooms and things like that. And I had a, uh, what was it? I had a staff of the Magi because we could take some uh, magic items. He's like, it's level Mm -hmm. 20, you get this many magic items. Um, And so I took a staff of the Magi, which can cast a bunch of different spells. Um, And then I took meta magic to change a lot of those into fire when applicable. Mm -hmm. So it's like if I'm casting a lightning bolt i could then turn it into a fire bolt that's like you know a straight line of like fire and stuff and so we had a lot of yeah, fun playing fire lightning those. yeah fire lightning <laughs> i don't know that was the, that was the idea is change yeah. the elements with it because i took yeah. that meta magic i also took subtle spell which takes out oh. the verbal and semantics components because i just kind of didn't like the rest of them and i'm like i guess i'll take this mm-hmm. so happy that that was the case because uh, the adventure's called Don't Say Vecna. And when we saw Vecna, I went, oh no, it's Vecna. And when you say his name, there's a curse that prevents you from speaking for a minute. And I yeah. failed the saving throw, so I couldn't talk for the entire final battle of Vecna. Um, mm-hmm. But that ended up saving us because uh, rules as written, if, they, if the monster can't see what you're casting, they can't counterspell it. And Vecna has three counter spells that are abilities, reaction abilities, and he gets yeah. three reactions per round. And so you can't counterspell his counter spell because they're abilities. So it was like really weird. But every time I would cast a spell, he would be like, well, I counter it. And I'm like, oh, well, I can't cast the spell unless I use my my meta magic. So you don't know what I'm casting. He's like, fair enough. Um, <laughs> and it was fun. So everybody was dying left and right. And like, it was crazy. We, our barbarian was just like going to town, but uh, the, the poor bard couldn't get anything done. And the, the artificer was trying to cast spells, but he was at the beginning of the round. So he was like always uh, counterspelled. It was really frustrating for him. Uh, uh. And then I ended up killing Vecna, which was the best thing ever. So <laughs> yeah. I, I sent a fireball out. He um, he legendary resisted it. It exploded above his head. He took fire damage, and I had this magic crystal. It was another magic item. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, it is called the Elemental Essence Shard. Mm. And what what this item does, I totally cherry-picked it because I'm like, I'm a fire mage. I want this. <laughs> why, but if I do you? fire damage to somebody, and mm-hmm. if they take the damage, they catch on fire... And then at the beginning of their turn, you roll 2d10 and that fire will like continue to burn them and then it's out. 
So you can do just an extra 2d10 damage to like one creature at the beginning mm -hmm. of your turn or at the beginning of their turn. And so I blew it up. He, he resisted it and he had like almost no health left. And then Ted's like roll high for this. And I rolled 11 mm -hmm. and I exactly killed Vecna with my like side damage of fire. And it was just, <laughs> it was so epic. It was so yes. much fun. And so you could watch this whole game. We went really long. That was a five hour game with one break. Yeah. I was there early like, and then I was like, okay, like we were goofing <laughs> off and I had no idea it would take that long, but it was like, it was mm -hmm. fun. It was really fun. Very so cool. uh, I highly, I mean, I just hadn't played DNA in a while. It was great. And that was a Vecna one shot. That was, is that on the DMs guild that was posted? No. Somewhere? So that was, they people were, can get this, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So, uh, and if I find it, I'll put links down below, but the, it, the links are all on Ted's channel too. Mm -hmm. um, specifically, they released the Vecna stat block, um, most likely because of stranger things or right. maybe something else is happening. There's a lot mm -hmm. of like, conspiracy theory obelisk talk on the internet i don't know if you know this jordan called it first you were deep in the obelisk do not talk. <laughs> do not uh, uh i mean you can listen to bob bob yeah, world yeah. builder did a great video jordan was first called it J jordan's third <laughs> channel has a black obelisk and it's part of the name of it i'm sure <laughs> so uh this was actually a blog post in their forums and i think oh, it was okay. a D, D beyond employee it's not the best adventure. It's not the worst adventure, but it's also free. And it yeah. is enough of an adventure to set up like fighting Vecno, which was the whole thing. I've been seeing lots of live plays all over. Playing yeah. This. It's weird how much attention it's getting. And I think it's probably just because like, I don't know, it's Vecna. And it's the same thing with Vecna. Ted, right? Like Level like, 20 adventure. Lots of people are playing this. We never have level 20 yeah. adventures. And I'm wondering now with the amount of like response this is getting, if we'll see level 20 adventures. Ooh. Because all of a sudden, I mean, as wizards looking at this and they're just like, oh, people want to have like people giant fights it. against Orcus or something, you know, like who knows? So, mm, uh, yeah, so we'll see if that happens. But Prince I thought it was really demons. cool. Yeah. Very so cool. Good. And then uh, I finally got back with my D&D group and yes. DM Nathan is running his Black Company game. Yes. Um, I played episode one and then they got on a boat after all the demons attacked the city and sailed away from the demons and i missed everything that happened on that boat no. and then where i came back in is they had arrived at a town and they're trying to like set up shop and kind of like get a lay of the land and we took mm -hmm. some job to explore a subterranean dwelling um that had i we're looking for something i don't really remember i'll i'll be honest i was like i wasn't there for all of this so i'm like i don't really know but it was the first time that i got to play my artificer again and how much i really like it because i've been flavoring all of the spells as gadgets i have so mm -hmm. instead of casting shatter i like pull out this like mechanized tuning fork and i go burn and i jam it into the rock and then i run away and it blows up you know yes. and uh i did a uh, I've got my dual wand, so I like firebolt and firebolt, and I can like shoot out magic, and it's really cool. And so we had a lot of fun. We hadn't played in a while, and because uh, Nathan is living farther away, part of the reason we haven't played is he had to move. Um, and so he's living about, uh, I, I think it's like an hour away now. Ooh. So we decided to meet up, and now we're going to play every other week, uh, but we're going to play for like four to five hours rather than the two to three that we oh. usually play. 
So we'll play, longer. we'll break and have dinner together and then we'll mm-hmm. play and then we'll go home. That's the idea. Long session. Play. So, Ooh, and I, good so stuff. far I liked it. Like I had a blast. Like we got yeah. there, we played when I was getting tired. It was like dinner time. We had dinner mm-hmm. and then we were like, break. we're all amped to play some more. So it was fun. That's cool. Um, and then, uh, uh, yeah. So we ran around. I, I just did my artificer thing. Uh, I got a cool, uh, cape that lets me teleport. That was like the magic item yeah. that he's like, well, Jordan doesn't have any magic items cause he hasn't been here for a while. So, and you haven't read the black company books. Right? I haven't. No, they're on yeah, my yeah. reading list, but yeah, because what you described to me is book one, chapter one, fight in city, flea city yep. on a boat. And I was like, yes, no, yes, he's yes. basing it off of that. Like he's not, I mean, steal like yeah. an artist. Right. But like he's yeah, basing yeah. it off of those books. Cause he loves the books. Yeah. So I was like, well, okay. I've always thought that'd be a cool thing. Like if you have a cool book and you, you ask your friends, have you guys read this? And they're like, no, 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 no. Well, you know what? I'm going to introduce you with a D and D adventure and you're not even yeah. going to know it by the end of it. It's going to be like you read the book. <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe it goes off so in a completely cool. different direction, but yeah, like if maybe. you're inspired by it, go ahead, you know, like oh, so sounds good. fun. Tell him you want to play silver spike next and see what he says. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, again, like I'm going overboard with games because I finished my play and I just want to play games right now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we're talking about Eberron because it's the 4th of July. I don't think we're going to play Eberron this week. Um, and then, but we're going to start Eberron. People have been making some characters and we're, I'm kind of fleshing out a story and we're kind of figuring out where we're going, uh, which will be cool. Cause it'll be the, it'll be at the house, which will be nice to play here. Um, mm-hmm. then, uh, Dutch Recall Classics, that group of people, they're all out of the play as well. So they're like, Hey, we want to play DCC. So we're getting that back together. And I think we're going to start this thursday which is really cool are you gonna play five games is that what i'm hearing i don't know i don't Jesus. know <laughs> uh right now it, it would be jordan runs Eberron for one group and dcc for another group but Swapping. then no 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 oh, yeah, dcc yeah. for like just my theater friends and Eberron for my but D&D weekly friends. or every other week and you're switching Eberron would be every other week uh mm-hmm. dcc would be weekly probably so. okay i'm not okay. sure we'll see we'll still f- we're still feeling it out because the DCC group, they also want to play a lot of different games. And uh, I love this group. now they're like, yeah. So they're like, Jordan, we want to play Alice is Missing. And I'm like, uh, okay, I, I would love to. Yeah. I bought it. I have not played it. Like, so mm-hmm. we, we've been talking about that. Or just like regular game nights and stuff. So it could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> I thought Invisible Sun was done. But uh, uh, Indoor Adventure started pinging our group, and he's like, so when are we going to finish that? And I was like, oh, we should finish that. My play's done. Yeah, um, Lex is so, all up all about it. Yeah, and Lex is like, oh, I 100% want to play Invisible Sun again, and you want to play. <laughs> yeah. LB's trying to figure out her schedule. Uh, so once we hear back from LB, I think we'll, and I'll pester her a little bit this weekend, I think. But once we hear yeah. back, we're going to try and do Invisible Sun again. I'll record it and it's it'll be up on the Patreon if you're interested to listen to that. So very fun. Uh, well, I'll have to like remember how to play, but it'll be fun. Right. You guys well, we're learning to play. Yeah, which I think you guys was another cool, cool was, piece of it. Yeah, that was the whole point, right? Yeah. So yeah. I I've been and then I read Easy D Six and now I want to run that. Like I've got lots of stuff. I, a Kickstarter came in called Mazes that I backed, which was really interesting. I read mm-hmm. through that book. Also, would like to try playing that at some point. Uh, Lex and I went over a couple games yesterday that are little indie RPG things, and I ended up buying one of them because I'm like, this is so cool. Like this a, a cool. hard copy. <laughs> like I yeah. wanted a hard copy of it uh, yeah. that I was like, this is another one that my my DCC friends who just like weird, like, I don't know, silly RPGs, they would totally be down to play an evening of, of this mm-hmm. other game. So we'll see. But yeah. 
Yeah, I've been playing lots Very of stuff. Very cool. It's Very been cool. fun. I think that's it. Oh, so much. And yet, I've got so much more I could talk about, but that's our show. That's I mean, it's just show. like, it gets so done so quickly. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> it's funny. We didn't have an audience, a live audience, no. but this still felt like a really, like yes, a regular fun show. Normal. This was good. This could be uh, Saturday morning. Easy. Easy. Yeah. 100%. Except I'm about to go watch lots of Stranger Things with ice cream. So. Um, uh, thank you guys so much. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. We will see you. We'll be back next Saturday. And if next not, Saturday? we'll probably try and do another one of these. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but we will have a show. And uh, until then, take care. Be awesome. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.